publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoint and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long-term is so, so worth it. Sit back, listen, and together, let's author Onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. And um, today, for the second episode of 2022, I have my first guest on, um, Elaine Kelly, and we are talking about burnout, about self-care, about hitting a wall, and the ways that we can try to avoid this, and, and some coping strategies when you do have to just get through it. So uh, I think we had a really great conversation this morning, and I this was inspired by, you know, I was going to talk about something totally different, but this week I did do something I have never done, or never allowed myself to do before. I actually took a mental health day, uh, committed to my word of the year for 2022, which was sustainable. And I'm going to try and work in a more sustainable way. And that means, you know, taking time off when I need it, even though I felt a bit silly. Um, I felt like, surely, you know, I should be more stressed in order to take a mental health day. The point was that actually taking that mental health day was a preventative measure. Taking that time to rest prevented me from being worse off. And honestly, that I had room in my schedule and that one day to drink coffee and, you know, you know, weave a scarf and listen to an audiobook was exactly what I needed. I needed rest just for one day. Um, and I think I was more productive this week because I took that day off rather than trying to power through all five days just waiting for that weekend. So in the spirit of taking mental health days and in the spirit of working more sustainably, Let's have a listen to this interview with Elaine. All right. Well, today on Authoring Onward, I am so glad to welcome to the show, Elaine Kelly. Welcome, Elaine. Well, thank you very much, Connie. I'm happy to be here. I am so glad to have you here. Um, and we are talking about an important topic for um, for writers and for all creative professionals, and really for everybody, but especially for creative professionals today, um, we're talking about burnout, like major burnout and those warning signs on the way and what we can do about it and how to avoid it. So um, before we jump in and get started, Elaine, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I'll be really brief because I've done so many things I could bore you to death, but um, the major uh, part of my life, I have been an artist for about 30 years and I love to write. I've been published in about uh, over 25 articles with my art and articles in national magazines. 
I've written three uh, book proposals, but finally the the last one that I did, I decided to take the time to write a book and I have done that. So um, it is called uh, Roadmap to Ease, The Journey to Your Awakened Life. And I'm really excited about that accomplishment. <laughs> Excellent. It's always a a great feeling to have the book idea go from your head to actual book on the page. Yes, from nothing to, you know, and that's what's excited, exciting about being a creative person. You know, we, we take nothing and manifest, you know, whatever it is that comes through us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is still forthcoming, right? For, for listeners who might be looking. Uh, right. It'll probably be uh, September, 2022. All right. All right. Um, Well, let's launch into today's discussion. Um, So burnout is, you know, something we probably all have a sense of what it is when it happens to us. Um, But what are some of those warning signs along the way that you see? Well, burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion from prolonged stress. And the tricky thing about burnout is sometimes we can be so far into it, we don't really recognize it. We're just going through our rote days and pushing and pushing and pushing. The huge problem is with burnout. When we get deeply burnout, it used to be called a nervous breakdown. Um, and it can take a year to three years to recover. So it's essential to find ways and to recognize first. So you'd ask the symptoms of burnout. If you start feeling completely overwhelmed, and I think so many of us do because there's so many details in our life, and defeated, if we feel completely disorganized, um, If we start feeling alone and we're watching ourselves isolate more and more, um, if we're just exhausted and drained, even when we wake up in the morning, we lack motivation, um, we're finding ourselves having more of a negative outlook on life when we used to be kind of a sunny person. Uh, We don't have a sense of accomplishment, no matter how much we do at the end of the day, we still don't give ourselves credit for that and uh, don't, you know, don't take the wins. We just keep piling on what we are not doing. And um, lastly, often we can't sleep, you know, we are, or we wake up during the night, just going over our list of things to do. Those are a lot of the symptoms of burnout. Yeah, they are. Um, So they overlap with symptoms of depression. So just as kind of a warning to listeners that, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not reach out for help. And that could be, you know, you, you don't want to assign to, oh, I'm just really overtired at work to something that might even be more dangerous um, than burnout itself, which is actually a mental health crisis, honestly. Absolutely. And, you know, don't, you know, really look at if you have any labels or judgments on getting help from a mental health professional. And if you 
it don't instinctively feel like the one that you've picked is working for you, you know, choose another one, not because it, that you feel like they're pushing you or something, but your instincts are just saying, I, I don't trust this person or I can't open up to them, you know, really take the time to get somebody that you can open up to. It's essential. Mm -hmm. You know, friends can only go so far. And then a lot of times we just, you know, are saying the same thing over and over to our friends and we're not making strides to mm -hmm. uh, getting uh, balance in our life. Yeah. And friends are terribly important, but they're also not, you know, trained mental health professionals. Um, so exactly. That's, not their job. Yeah, <laughs> not their job. Yeah. 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 So those are some of the symptoms and like maybe noticing some of those are some of those little warning signs along the way. Um, but so if you, you're starting to, how do we, how do we prevent burnout? Whether you're starting to notice those symptoms or you're just trying to, you've experienced burnout before and you're just trying to make sure this doesn't happen again. Okay. Um, I have lots of ways to, to prevent burnout but I'm going to address it uh, because my, my work and my background psychology and my book is a lot about mindfulness. So I'm gonna address it in the umbrella of mindfulness because the problem that I see is that when we get so burnt out and so tired, it's hard to even recognize that we're doing it, that we're so deep into it. So how do we snap out um, using mindfulness? Mindfulness is a, a state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment. So it's taken a minute to just take a deep breath. There's no quicker way to get out of stress than taking a deep breath through your nose and release it through your mouth. And doing that just for a couple of minutes you can feel the difference immediately, can't you? But Connie, by doing that, you can just, you get into your body. We need to do something like that to snap us out of the frenetic state that we can get ourselves worked up in. Um, we start paying attention to our thoughts, our feelings, our body, our behaviors, our environment. So if we can step back and watch ourselves, we become the watchful observer of our life. We will see all the different disconnects that are where we are giving away our energy and not building it up and having a resource. We will see all the ways that we are drained. So, you know, those are suggestions is to use your breath to bring you into the present moment and use some distance to really kind of get interested and curious about your own behaviors. Hmm, I'm doing that. Why, why am I doing that? Or, you know, what, what can I do? Get curious, ask a question. You know, what can I do to, to have more ease um, in, in my life in that area? Um, you know, so you're cultivating awareness. You're, um, you're, paying close attention to where your attention is, because where our attention is, is who we are. If we touch our phone, you know, thousands of times a day, we are a person who is a phone toucher. We are not an author. We are not an effective parent. You know, we are addicted to the adrenaline and the rush that we get by touching our phone. 
And when we can name our behaviors and what we're doing, we can change those behaviors. And also, like I was saying, the attitude of um, curiosity and non-judgmental, be non-judgmental about what we are doing. Be kind to ourselves, be gentle with ourselves. So that is the global way to tune into when we're doing it. And then I have specific ways of presenting, uh, preventing burnout. So if we're feeling exhausted and have no motivation, what are some of the things that we can do? First, always look at it, realize food is either medicine or poison. And there are a lot of foods that completely drain us. For me, you know, if I get on a sugar jag, forget about it, and, or too many carbohydrates, and most of us are like that. It drains us. If we drink too much caffeine, we become drained. So take an inventory of what you're eating and drinking. A lot of times stress will, we find ourselves using more substances to cope. You know, I can't wait until I can open that bottle of wine at night because that's when I'm going to feel relaxed. And that, again, if we're not feeding ourselves, you know, good food and food that gives us energy, it's just going to drain us more and we're going to be more burnout. Um, Remember, it's easier to change your environment than to use your willpower. What I mean by that, I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. I don't bring bad food into my house. I don't allow myself, when I go to the grocery store, I don't allow myself to buy ice cream and bring it home. So if I'm at home and I want ice cream, because I used to want to eat ice cream every day and a lot of times that I did, um, I have to get in my car and go get it. So I have changed my environment instead of my behavior. And I have become a person who occasionally eats ice cream and enjoys it. But I don't have to use my willpower 18 times a day to go, the Ben and Jerry's is in the freezer and I'm just going to take a little break and do that. So look at ways you can set up your environment to support not being burnt out or not draining your body. Yeah. Absolutely. And we do forget that our body, our, our mind is a part of our body. <laughs> like they are not separate. <laughs> so what, you know, what you put in is going to affect how you feel up there. And like, and like you said, you know, having the occasional ice cream is great. And, but I think maybe using it as a coping mechanism would make it less fun to have the occasional ice cream. Ice cream should be joy, not coping. Exactly. And then we be, then that makes us feel defeated because then we gain weight and, you know, it's just kind of the vicious cycle. Um, but instead of, you know, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to do this. It's just like, okay, if I do go eat it, how do I feel again, taking a moment to really feel, I feel bloated. I, do, you know, I'm not writing now because I'm tired and I want to go take a nap, you know, just kind of tune in to, to your body more. Um, let's see. Oh, and, and use baby steps when you're trying to make changes. I'm a big old fan of baby steps because, you know, how many times it's like, I want to lose 20 pounds before the reunion or, you know, and we put on these huge goals. Mm -hmm. No, you know, don't do that to yourself. Just 
okay, I'm gonna start drinking green drink in the morning when I get up because I know that you know it's healthy for me or I, I feel like I need to look at what vitamins I might take or you know just the small steps that we can incorporate because then our behaviors become who we are. You know, we've put our attention on feeling better and being mindful around food and then our behaviors say, hey, I'm the person who really cares for their body. It's a whole different psychology. And you were talking about how important our mind is. We're wired for negative thinking. We're our whole being, our whole fight and flight. And just, we, we still have a caveman mentality. And the sad part about that is that if we don't recognize it, we are controlled by it. So learning how our mind works is super, super helpful and relaxing in our body and not being part of our um, the anatomy that just keeps us reactive instead of responsive to life yeah absolutely um and to back up a little bit i loved what you said earlier about um being kind of curious and non-judgmental about analyzing what you are doing in your day um as somebody who loves the occasional like time tracking to kind of analyze how best well I'm using my time. Um, I'm doing it a little differently this time. I'm not trying to cram more things in, but instead think of, look at, you know, non-judgmentally, how am I using my time and am I using it in ways that are taking more than they're giving? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make you more efficient? Do you feel like it makes you more efficient? Um, I think it's, it, it will in the long term. I'm, I'm in the middle of a time tracking week right now. And I'm going like, geez, I'm doing a lot of stuff. I can't cram in more stuff, but maybe some of this stuff is taking more than it's giving. And I need to make room for the stuff that is giving both to me emotionally and to my creative business. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, one good thing to do along the lines of food and other things is to have an accountability partner to check in with mm -hmm. and to, um, you know, it can even just be through, you know, texts, you know, um, yeah, I did this today, you know, um, sit down to eat instead of stand at the refrigerator. You know, that's a big one that we feel like we're going to be more efficient if we just grab a bite instead of really taking time to sit down and relax and have a moment. Yeah. Um, God, how stressful is that when you're like just eating, standing up, it's just so much more pleasant <laughs> to be sitting down. And then you're mindful of what's going in your body instead of just shoving food in your face, you know, yeah, too. You're like must live, eat food. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take three minutes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. The next area that I, I was going to address is um, feeling defeated um, and overwhelmed and disorganized, you know, just that kind of whole group of, of things. Um, and when we are writing for every hour we write, take five or 10 minute breaks. And I'm also a big fan of setting a timer. So when you sit down either at, you know, 50 minutes or 55 minutes, set your timer 
And for those five or 10 minutes, like I walk outside, I get some fresh air, I look at the sky, I watch the cloud formations, I look for dolphins, I breathe in, I, I really feel like the sun on my face and get into the present moment for that time. And the beauty about that as writers and creatives is that that's where our juice is. That's when we're connected and hooked up. That's when things come through us. When we're pushing and pushing and pushing, and we're just pushing straight to burnout. When we're taking the time to give our mind space, we are feeding our spiritual selves and we're all also feeding our creative selves, which to me is the same thing. Um, you know, it just what comes through us and what wants to be manifested. And we have those great sparks that then we come in and we feel refreshed or we might have a new idea or we might say, I want to work on chapter seven and not chapter three. And, you know, we can go from there, which is going from more instinct to more I should be doing or I have to do. So take that break, you know, and, and put it in your schedule. Um, I use a Trillo board, not for time tracking or keeping daily tracks, but I don't know about you, but I have notebook after notebook with jotted things down like, oh, these are the parts after I finish my book that I have to do. I need acknowledgement page. I need table of content, blah, blah, blah. And I'll write that all down somewhere. My Trillo board now is all my contacts, all the podcasts that I want to research to be on, um, you know, all the different things besides writing my book that I have to do. What is my marketing plan and who am I going to contact when? Not specific days, but, you know, just a whole lot of general information that gets that you spend so many hours of the day. I, at least I did until I did this Trello board, um, spend so many hours a day looking for, you know, just looking for stuff instead of doing things like you were saying, you know, that's not an efficient use of time looking for things that you've already done. <laughs> what is my mission? You know, what is my elevator pitch? Just put it all on Trillo boards. Um, I really like the idea of doing a, like we can get overwhelmed by our to-do list the truth is we're going to have to do lists until we die. Hopefully, you know, it's kind of a good thing to have enthusiasm and want to do stuff in life, but there's, um, you can have a must do list and put one thing on your must do list a day and let it be something that is the thing that you least want to do. Because when you take care of it, it hangs over your head and it goes from week to week to week. If the minute you get it done, it frees so much energy, you feel so accomplished. It's like, I have already accomplished this thing that I you know, have been putting off for three weeks. So check that out. It really works well to do like one must do. And then you can add um, a must do thing that's fun. You know, something for your business that you really enjoy that's like ice cream. Like I love photo editing and putting motivational quotes and things to share with my Facebook group. Um, so, you know, do a must do and a, a fun do <laughs> thing. Um, get into, I don't know if you've heard about the slow movement, but the idea of I looking at it like when you when you have a recording and you can make it go faster or, you know, like on Audible, you can slow it down and have the intention of kind of like, what is a way that I can slow down in life or slow parent, like really teach our kids slower and like 
this is where this food that we just bought at the grocery store comes from. And, um, you know, slower eating, really tasting your food, um, simplifying our life, decluttering, decluttering our workspace, decluttering our home. Things hang over us where we look at our wardrobe and just get overwhelmed by it. And that takes time away from creative time if we're you know, constantly feeling burdened by stuff. Um, another important thing, and you were just saying it, I have a part in my book about like editing. We're editor, you know, we, we edit as we go along, we change things. How about editing our entire life? Edit out toxic people in our life, edit out toxic behavior. You know, it's like, just really look at what can I, cut out of my life that is draining my energy does a friend call you know every night and i give them 15 minutes of my time and they have the same problem over and over year after year you know hey how about you know you i have a couple of therapist names how about you do that you know it's like clean up your boundaries what are your boundaries what is important in your life and edit some of the things that are, are toxic, are, are too time consuming, are not feeding your soul. You know, I, in, in my book, I talk about, is it weighing you down or is it lighting you up? If something is continually weighing you down, let go of it if you, you know, you can, or look at why you're not letting go of it. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think like, Honestly, like I can mention slow, slowing down when you can taking those breaks are important. Um, and I did something this week that I've never done in my entire life, but I am glad that I had built my schedule in such a way that it was possible, which is that I took a mental health day. I was like, I'm really stressed. This feels like a silly reason to take a day off, <laughs> but it was, it was beneficial. And now I can come to the rest of the week instead of dragging like my whole way through the entire week, just waiting for that weekend to finally take a break. Yeah. Yeah. And even changing your languaging, you said, oh, this is kind of a silly reason to take off. Connie, you are doing yourself a huge favor. You know, I am giving myself the gift of a mental health day. You know, it's like really embracing when we do things that feed ourselves self and feed our souls and, you know, get us on the road to not burning out, you know, rejoice in that we feel so guilty. That was one of the things that I was going to say, too. And it's interesting that you said that is I feel like I have to say no to a lot of people, you know, no, I can't go out to dinner. I'm got to do this. No, no, no. And I feel bad about it. You know, I feel like, and I need to change that thinking around, you know, it's like, we, do we do things just because we feel we should? Or um, do we do things because, yay, I'm glad I'm taking the time to do the things that I need to be doing to get my book into the world? You know, so it's how we frame things and how much energy it drains when we go, womp, womp, I got to tell them no, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, I can go next week, but I can't go this week or, you know, just reframe it. Yeah, absolutely. And like the phrase that I've heard many times and still struggle to embrace is that like, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here because I won't swear on the podcast, but if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you keep office hours for yourself? I do. Yeah. I have small kids, so I have to. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing that I wanted to address too, you know, with children, it's everything is just so much more difficult and fitting in our passions. And mm -hmm. I remember I did myself and I think my son, a lot of disservice in feeling like I had to parent one way. And I feel like it's really important to open and explore different ways um, to parent and not be judgmental. It's like, well, I won't let my kid go to preschool and blah, blah, blah. I watch my grandson at preschool. He is so damn happy and well-adjusted. And, you know, so I feel like a lot of the opinions I had mm -hmm. about the way that I should do it can go to hell in a handbasket because it's difficult being a mom and an author and, you know, a creative for sure. Yeah. And every family is different and every kid is different. And like my daughter adores her preschool. Yes. Yes. My, my grandson does too. He, he's delighted, you know, and I was exhausted in trying to do my business when I was trying to keep up with my son as well. And mm -hmm. so, you know, one thing I, I think is helpful for moms too, is if there's a younger kid in the neighborhood that you can pay, you know, like a 10 year old to come over and, you know, play with your kids while you get some time, you know, be creative and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now a lot of these are, of course, a lot of these suggestions are things that, that do come from a certain place of privilege. Taking that mental health day was a privilege. Um, you know, having any amount of childcare is a privilege. Um, and there's definitely times I knew for me and probably for lots of listeners where we've had deadlines and you can't, there, there is a certain amount of like, you can't just wait for inspiration. You do have to push through even when it's really hard. So how do you manage when those times when you're like, I'm hitting a wall, but I have to white knuckle through this position? Yeah. Well, I think so often we're hitting a wall because we've procrastinated. At least, you know, for me, I, I look at the way that I spend my days and I could be a lot more efficient. So yeah, we just do have to white knuckle it and push through, get as much support. And if you can't afford support, you know, call on friends. Um, I used to do kid sharing, you know, kind of kid swapping where I would do two kids and then somebody else would take my child and that would give me two chunks of time. So maybe during that time where you have to white knuckle through, call on some favors and, you know, get time that way to where you, your things that you have to do are taken care of and that it's not hanging over your head and, you know, push away, but also look at, okay, when I don't have to push, how can I structure my life better to be more efficient, like you were saying, and, and what can I edit out that, um, or, and what needs to come completely off my to-do list, because I've carried it for a year, and I'm tired of damn thinking about it, you know, it's like, make it go away, um, and, and do self-care when, you know, all through the time instead of waiting until you're so wiped out and you can barely walk you know it's like you've been sitting in your chair for so long you get up and you're trashed you know you've trashed your body it's like it doesn't cost anything to put on a podcast i mean there are so many five minute exercises that we can do by just putting on our youtube when we step away it's easier to stack 
um, things. So it's like if you get up and just meditate for a few minutes and then jump out of bed and do a five minute exercise. They say that the first hour of your day sets the tone for your entire day. If you can just do a couple of things that are routine um, in the mornings when you first get out of bed, even if you get up like, you know, I'm going to get up a half hour earlier than my child gets up and take that time for you time and setting the stage for the day. Maybe we won't end up hitting as many walls because we've allowed time to, mm -hmm. to nurture and feed ourselves and feel rested and ready, ready to go. Um, you know, and do things like making dates with friends, you know, even if it's just to go out, you know, for a walk and get fresh air. There's so many things that we can do that aren't of privilege. Most things that on our deathbed that we say we wish we had done more of aren't a damn thing that has to do with money or privilege. It's um, community, reaching out, friends, family, um, walking in nature, you know, we can take picture, beautiful pictures all day and let that feed our soul. You know, there's so many things that we can do that, that don't cost money, um, especially all the brilliance that's on podcasts. We never have to, you know, how many courses do we buy and then feel overwhelmed because we can't, we don't have time to take them when there's so many things that we can listen to, you know, for free or solve problems when we're having an issue, put it into Google and, you know, find somebody, you know, motivational to help you in that moment to, to get out of where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would add that if you are in that white knuckle period and you just gotta get through it, um, that your need for rest will have to be met at some point. So yep. plan for when you get through it to rest. <laughs> Yes. Not just go back to regular old routine. Yeah. I've had so many deadlines in my life and I push through, but I do exactly that. It's really good advice. I plan what's on the other side. Like, you know, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm doing, you know, Netflix for yeah. two days. I'm not getting out of bed and, really? you know, eating good food and all of that and do the things that you can do to, at that time too, mm -hmm. you know, eat well and don't have a second glass of wine and, you know, just look at the things that are going to sustain you through that period of push. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to circle back, because we did actually use the word self-care um, just a few minutes ago. And this is something I think is especially important for writers and other creative professionals, because so much of the world, especially when you're a woman and especially when you're a mother, treats creative work as though it's self-care. People will go, oh, isn't that lovely? You have something for <laughs> you. Yeah. And if you are treating it as a job, even if it's not paying, but especially when it is paying your bills, your yeah. work is not your self-care. <laughs> You wouldn't exactly. say that to a plumber. So nice that you get to go plumb all day. <laughs> yes, that is such a good point. I was saying that to a friend of mine the other day. I, I am guilty, 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 guilty of doing that. You know, we think since, you know, it is something we really want to be doing. And so many people aren't doing what they want to be doing that we feel like it's some sort of luxury. <laughs> you know, and it's, it takes a lot of energy. 
it takes more energy to be a creative than to go in and do a rote job every day. And, you know, mm -hmm. you get to talk around the water cooler and, you know, you get your paid time off and all of that. We have to be so much more conscious, self-motivated, mindful of, you know, our time. It's, it is a lot more difficult. And like you're saying, acknowledge that it is and that, you know, we're pushing bowling balls uphill a lot of the time and it's some heavy lifting and to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. So just like if anyone's ever told you out there listening, how lovely you get to do something for you, especially if you are a parent, especially if you are a mother, oh, how nice you get to do something while the kids play. You are working while the kids play. Right. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I think one more important um, thing to do is to give gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in all of it, um, we don't know how important health is until we're not healthy. You know, we don't realize how important a friend is until they're gone. And so um, the people that are happiest in the world are the most grateful people. So when I was just talking about stacking things, like in the morning, if you wake up, you do like a couple minutes of meditation, three minutes of gratitude. Another wonderful thing is when you're sitting down with your family at dinner, um, go around the table. What are you grateful for today? What are you grateful for today? And then you've set a tone of gratitude for your entire family um, to be grateful, which in turn makes you happier people. Um, and you're listening, you're listening to, you know, your child might have a story that, that ties into what they feel grateful about. Um, and, and I always look at, um, try to stretch gratitude instead of just the common things. Like I look at my hands and, and think of the things that if I didn't have hands, what I couldn't do, you know, and it's like things that we just take for granted. It's like, that's where all comes in, in our life. And as creatives, we live in a place of like awe, like when the most perfect sentence comes to us, we're like, oh, we're kind of awestruck, you know, it's like, oh, where did that come from? And so set up ways to be more awestruck in life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, this has been a really great conversation, Elaine, but before we kind of wrap things up, is there a question I should have asked you? Hmm. 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 Question you should have asked. Uh, after years and decades and decades and decades of being a creative, what would you have done differently? All right. Well, what would you have done differently? Um, I would have edited more. <laughs> I didn't, as a creative, um, I didn't take in the concept of editing. I took on the concept of more. At one time I owned four art galleries all over the state of Florida. Um, I ran a huge art part, you know, I would just keep adding more and more and more onto my life. And instead of following one thing to fruition, I would change midstream, like 
you know, I would start like another jewelry line or another clothing line or another book or another blah, blah, blah. And um, I would have used what the biggest message in my book is, what feels weighty and what feels lighter. And there's things that I was doing that was adding too much weight to my life or wasn't bringing me enough joy. And so I would have gone for what was possibly lighter. And it, it's just a perspective. I don't, you know, it's not that I didn't enjoy all of my life. I did. I, I think that simplifying different areas of my life um, and get as organized as possible. It's so hard as a mom. That's what I found. I built a house with not enough closets. Disorganization and motherhood is rough. You know, if, if it takes you a week to organize your, your life, you know, get somebody, do a trade with a friend and get as organized as you can and as much junk out of your life because it's cumbersome and weighty and confusing and we spend a lot of our time looking for crap. <laughs> and that's just life energy that gets sucked out of us instead of life energy going in and, and feeding our soul. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, this has been a great chat this morning. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Elaine. Well, I've loved it. I really, really appreciate you inviting me. Well, where can listeners find you and everything you do online? I'm at Elaine, E-L-A-Y-N-E, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y.com. Um, I have a, a private Facebook group I would love you to join. It's called Gain the Wisdom Sisterhood Tribe. I feel like we don't do things that benefit us because we just don't have the wisdom in that particular area. So, um, you know, every day I put out a question to group and I do live every week. I do a beautiful group of, of cheerleading, supportive women. So I would love that's gain the wisdom sisterhood tribe. Um, and then I'm on Facebook as Elaine Kelly. I'm on all the other social media. Great. 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 Well, it has been so wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you. Be well. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Authoring Onward. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Elaine. And I, I certainly did. We chatted for a good long while about a topic I think is really important for us creative professionals. And I just to get back on my soapbox again. You know, if you are doing this and treating it as a job, even if you are aiming to be published, uh, you're not yet earning money or you've published and you've not yet earned back what you spent on self-publishing the book. This is still a job. If this is, you know, hobby writing is great, but if you are treating this as even a part-time job, it is a job for you. And it is, um, your job is not your self-care. <laughs> like that is not a sustainable way to live. So I just, I don't like people telling women that they should be rejuvenated by their work. Like work is great and it might be fulfilling, but it is still work and childcare is, you know, wonderful and it still might be fulfilling, but it is still work and we are allowed to be people. So if you take nothing away from the today 
for today's interview, you are allowed to be a person. So please go be a person today. Um, That is it for this week. I will be back next week with another guest speaker um, talking more, kind of a more craft-focused talk. Um, And that's going to be great fun. So until next week, if you are looking for editing, I do have a few spots open here in this early part of the year. So go ahead and reach out, go to bookechoes.com slash services to learn more um, and book before those slots spell fill up. Um, until next time, be a person and happy writing. <laughs> <laughs>